0: In a land far away, once, once upon a time, time Brendan, Vicky be partners, partners in and crime. crime. We danced through life like, like a couple, couple of gays, but as time went by, we, we went our separate. Ways. Now we're back together, talking <laughs> about whatever, talking about the music that, that we love forever. Hooking like, you up
1: like a telephone jack. Everybody listen up, we'll get back
0: on track. Hey everybody, welcome back to Back on Track. This is Miss Vicki B. And this is Brendan, and today we're celebrating Pride. Pride, happy Pride, Brendan. Yay, hey. happy Pride, Miss It's been a
1: long, dark winter, but we are out in summer sun. I'm coming out. <laughs> we're all out. We've yes, got, ma'am. We've got tank
0: tops out.
1: <laughs> We've got biceps out.
0: <laughs> and we got, like, some good whiskey.
1: That's what um, I that's my drug of choice is the whiskey, darling. Not girl. the arms. No, girl. <laughs> what
0: are <you> about? <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. So we're getting back on track basically with this episode, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's Pride month. We really want to celebrate everything that is LGBTQ LMNOP. Yeah, all the,
1: all the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> That's what we've been trying to do with these mixtapes for the masses that we've been creating, is putting everything through a, a, a queer lens, right? Yeah. A
0: queer frame. Yeah, and I think we had, you know, our first episode, or was it first or second? Right at the our beginning, second, yeah. our second mm-hmm. was all about gay anthems, gay which anthems. is, you know... Uh, which is a wonderful genre. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, and a wide one. And a wide one. And, but we wanted to really talk today specifically about those LGBTQ artists. those yeah. Whether they're singers, whether they're songwriters and producers, whatever it is. Um, but, but the LGBTQ community that is really thriving in music. Yeah. And actually has.
1: It's really kind of bursting open. And, you know, yeah. honestly, I, the, the pronouns are going to be all over the place. And I just have to excuse myself, like, right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Because there are so many... It's so great now, having grown up and I feel, you know, a really, you know, isolated kind of suburban, you know, setting to be experiencing all of these different ideas of gender and all of these different expressions of sexuality and, you know, rejecting the binary. And it's just so
0: beautiful and so wonderful that we're at a place where that can be in the mainstream. Oh, my gosh. You are listen to kids um you know teenagers mm-hmm. who are you know really going through adolescence and exploring their their sexuality and gender expression and it's just it's really amazing what's transpired it's mind blowing yeah well you know i it
1: just so happens that Over the last week, I caught a really amazing documentary that actually happens to be relevant to what we're talking about a little bit. Okay. We're talking about here. I caught the documentary, We Are Twisted Fucking Sister. (laughs) And it was the, so it was a story. Is is the F-bomb in the title? It's in the title. Oh, right. And the the, the truth is that that was actually part of their legacy. Yeah. Is the sort of rude, crudeness, party antics that they started out with. But I I didn't know this, but they started out as sort of like, uh, inspired highly by Bowie. And sure. by what Bowie was doing with gender bending and cross dressing really pushing the bounds of sort of punk and glam rock um, do you think that
0: d would d snyder would uh, would claim some sort of queer a label? Um, I think so. I don't think he would reject it. I don't know if you've ever seen him speak.
1: I have, and yeah, yeah. he's really super like down to earth. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and I had no idea that they had that they had such a local following in the New York area, and for such a long period of time, these guys really worked their asses off for years and years and years and years, and years before they even reached. We're not going to take it superstardom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I gained a lot of respect for their journey and how hard they worked and. Um, and you know several stops and starts but it was super cool and it was cool also for me to find out that it was all
0: really inspired by Bowie you know? did they in their in their work did, did you learn did they do anything to you know advance the sort of uh you know uh, the welcoming or the the opening the broadening of people's acceptance of different ways of being like was that active or was it sort of just, well, happenstance, maybe. Okay,
1: so the way that they dealt with they, they dealt with hecklers and they dealt with people that were being negative, mm-hmm. and they basically said, you know, that, that's not who the fuck we are. If you don't like us, if you don't like our message, if you don't, then then get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And and that there were all different types of energies that they came up against. Yeah. But. It, at, I found it to be positive, sure. And, and, and as rock and roll is sort of no holds barred, you know, all the rules out the window. Um, but I don't know. I always just got a good feel. So I don't. I don't know if I can answer that question yeah.
0: definitively. But I felt positive energy from what they were giving us. I agree. I, yeah. I saw him on an episode of Oprah's "Where Are They Now," <laughs> <laughs> and I felt very positive towards yeah, him. Yeah, I well, like him a lot. I recently really gated up. Uh, yes. I went to the New York Glad Awards, yes, you told me about um, this, yes, <gasps> yes. Awesome. tell everybody and okay, it was it was really wonderful. My good friend um had an extra ticket, and the one of the honorees that evening was. Ms Mariah Carey, Mimi yes! herself, <laughs> so you know this was a big night for me, yeah, um yeah, to be able to get to be there in person for that, and um of course, she was introduced by Lee Daniels, um which was hilarious, mm-hmm. and it was a really fun night, anyway. What was really interesting and great was that Mariah sat at the dinner the whole night. Yeah. I mean, you would think, at least I would think, that she would have been backstage somewhere, that when it was award time... Out. They would have brought her out, probably. They would have had to reshuffle things because she was late. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, no, she was at her table. They would cut to her a few times during the during the dinner. And, yeah. and she sat there the whole time with uh, Lee and her fiancé. That's pretty um, So it was great. So the hilarious part of the story is she gets up to get her award, and she... Uh, <laughs> she gets up to get her award, and she decides uh, to share with everyone that she's been feeling anxious about not forgetting any letters of the alphabet, <laughs> um, <laughs> because she didn't want to disinclude anyone. Disinclude. Disinclude. That's oh, from the pterodactylusaurus, the pterodactylusaurus. <laughs> disinclude. And uh, and so she said she decided she would expand on those letters. Now, when she said expand, I didn't know if that meant she add was going to add more. Right? Mm-hmm. No. 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 Miss Carey decided she was going to to share an acrostic poem. (laughs) (laughs) And so while posing for each letter, she let us know, she let us have it, Mm -hmm. that L is for legendary, G is for gorgeous, B is for beautiful, T is for tantalizing, and Q is for quality. Quality. (laughs) Well, I agree with that. (laughs) And if that's not the theme for our episode, I don't know what (laughs) is. It's a quality episode. So, and the one final thing to say about this is as a tribute to Ms. Mariah, they brought out the young and fabulous Alex Newell, who actually sang Hero, no less than 20 feet from Mariah Carey. And you've got to have some real cojones. Yeah. Balls <laughs> to- and pipes. Balls and pipes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That needs to be the name of <laughs> That's something. That's the of episode. Oh my god, <laughs> You never know. You never know. Anyway. Um, and, and she was giving, you know, the... the flipping her bracelet. Flipping her bracelet, the cute clap. But I think she was into it. He sounded amazing. <laughs> he
1: is amazing. He happens to be the first... The first contestant on this game show. Oh my gosh, we're kicking off evening. with Alex we're Newell. We're kicking off with Alex okay. Newell. I'd like to just briefly mention my favorite song of the moment from his EP Power this year. It's called Basically Over You. <laughs>
0: over this song <laughs> I'm living for this song it. yeah I mean living for it. and I'm living for Alex Newell and Everything he's doing right now. Yeah, he's so. First of all, okay, I didn't realize that he was on Glee. This song got. Kicked Are you serious? To
1: me. I, I'm serious. I, I, a lot goes over my head. This song got kicked to me by. I a think friend. probably most people didn't. You're probably right. <laughs> this song got kicked to me by a friend. It was like, you got to check this this dude out, Alex Newell. He's amazing. I bought the EP. He sounded like Robin S. There's so much, and there's so much on my list right now. We're getting a big throwback to early '90s. We're getting a big throwback to like Disco House again. You know, all of those electro breakaway beeps are are kind of going out of style and we're getting a little bit more soul work back into our dance music and I'm so happy about that and I get Disco Soul House from him. Um, I love the video. I love him playing with gender. I love that he's a man of size. He's fucking fabulous. He's got a voice that could knock Mariah Carey, God bless her, on her ass. I mean, it's... <laughs> and it, the cool thing about his voice too is that it really it transcends gender gender. It's just so
0: oh. it's so blaring and like pure and And also deep. his whole visual is A visual such fun gender play mm-hmm. and like you don't really know What's happening? And he doesn't need to explain it. And there's not a sense and of irony about
1: it. He's not trying to,
0: he's it's not tongue in cheek. It's yeah, very, earnest. he's just like I'm he's wearing heels. In, he's in heels. He's in an oversized sort of blouse, a mm-hmm. top, if you will, mm-hmm. with some leggings. The hair is, uh, is, you know, blown out or it's mm-hmm. a weave or it's something. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it's, but it's also not fully, Well, it's not realness. It's not, you know, female realness either. It's commenting. It's in between and he's just living. Yeah. I love it
1: yeah no and I didn't realize I guess it was highly controversial his involvement on Glee as a transgendered character and I was watching a scene where he was being you know picked on I I say he she during in the show I'm saying he is Alex the person in the character the the character is a she it's a transgendered female and a bully rips her wig off which is like if those those people that don't know that's about the highest level of disrespect that you can show somebody either a queen or somebody transgender it's
0: like hugely disrespectful um, uh, yes I I will say it was, it was kind of um, you know just the Ryan Murphy part of it being on glee it's mm-hmm. it has that little bit of that afternoon special quality with glee That's where, true. you know and so of course the character's name on glee was unique yeah yeah <laughs> Girl well, from the Mariah Carey school of uh anyway <laughs> of I guess B-
1: Bill Riley called out her name or whatever. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly said that, you know, we shouldn't be talking about these people of alternate lifestyles and this and that and the other. And Alex Newell's reaction to it was like, whatever, you know, if it's this much of a controversy, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like if if he's talking about it, then it must be then it must be gigantic. Absolutely. And good for him. I'm I I want more music immediately. There, immediately. there are
0: some other tracks and they're fun. Yeah, no. No, They're I all have, great. I have
1: them all. all I'm saying great. I want a full-blown yes. like album treatment.
0: Did you watch the video? Yeah, yeah. I love the, the video. The video's fun. And um, what I really love, too, is the very, very, very sexy Niall DeMarco is the uh, boyfriend in it. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. I watched the final season of America's Next Top Model, um, which he <laughs> recently won. And um, it was... Uh, it was a truly amazing season, if only to watch every photo shoot with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got more sexy video boyfriends coming up, but I want to hear what your first queer energy
0: selection is. Um, okay, so there's tons to choose from, but I would love to take us um, back in time a little bit and celebrate the B-52s and their classic hit, Rome. A true blast from the past, and let me just tell you before we talk about the song itself why it's so meaningful for me. This song, um, I had, I had the uh, Cosmic Thing album when I was in high school. The B52s were totally part of my life, and candidly, I was introduced to them because I was such a huge RuPaul fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, when I found out that RuPaul was in the Love Shack video, I like it blew open my world, world to B52s, yep. and that's how I connected all of that. Um, but then in college, I was just finished my freshman year, and I I, I went to school a little bit on the earlier side, so I had just turned 18 um, and not in the same week moved into my first apartment by myself to stay in uh, the Philly area for the summer. And everybody had left to go their separate ways. Everyone I had known at school had left for the summer to go back to their respective homes and whatnot. And I was staying in Philly because I was going to be that young adult. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, And I went to Woody's. Uh, the club and it was uh, right downstairs from my new apartment. Um, <laughs> and it was all ages night because I was only 18 <laughs> and, um, and Woody's would always end the night with sort of a throwback. Um, so the last song of the night would be uh, a little bit of a slow down, not necessarily a house or, uh, I remember they pumping. played You Want This one time yeah. by Janet like which was a blast and so that night I was sort of all alone in the city and this beautiful delightful wonderful Puerto Rican man came up to me and uh started you know hitting on me and it was wonderful and then we danced all night together and then this song happened to come on and um i just felt like i was in heaven i felt like i was in a little gay movie yeah um and it was it was comes on. perfect and it what became pride my pride moment it, it was really a pride moment and he became my my summer boyfriend and yeah. um you know uh, it was it was great well we have a history of this song cool too. for the summer
1: yeah cool for this holla <laughs> well I, you and I have collaborated many times, and yes. I remember this being a sort of prelude to a, a, a breaking up dance that we, that we, yeah. that you choreographed. Referencing
0: this, that summer flame? The, the,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. What a great song. Um I love the B52s. They really introduced me to glamour. Um I I actually made the connection that sort of Kate Pearson, oh my the gosh. redheaded, you know, vocalist, uh, iconic I, voice, iconic voice really brassy. I remember experiencing her in Shiny Happy People with R.E.M. Yes. and um but I remember uh, like she sort of set the stage for me for Lady Keir. and the sort of like 60s throwback yep. um you know like bouffant hairdo Oh, wow. Wigs are cool. High glamour is really cool. Campy glamour is really cool. She sort of like set all that up for me, you know? Absolutely.
0: And then, and then if you follow
1: what she's up to now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, I'm really hoping that we can stay at Kate's Lazy Meadow. Oh my gosh. And the Catskills.
0: I think that we've got to make an appointment. (laughs) That would be great to do a show. Make a booking. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be great? Do you think that we could reach out to her? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. let in the notebook. That is priority number one. <laughs> Kate Pierce on the list. Well, yeah. it's funny you mentioned R.E.M. If I can just take a quick aside. So, yeah. two things. One is that Michael Stipe hates shiny, happy people. Really? Um, oh, oh that's yeah. so sad. Just thinks... I mean, I think he's come to appreciate it because people like it. And you look back and you're like, it's fine. But I think it was sort of one of those... Uh, more radio friendly sort of pop throwaway songs it felt mm-hmm. very cheesy to them and I think they were sort of taken aback by how big it how got, it got yeah. yeah but I want to give a quick maybe this is more of, a, of an EP reference but I want to mention and maybe we talk about it mm-hmm. um, the the REM hit Losing My Religion
1: yeah absolutely yeah.
0: Is too cliche for you? Is it too much of like a, a hit? No, that I I have a big
1: hard time with REM being so down on their like mainstream success. I mean, yeah, the,
0: the, it helped spread their work to la- a larger audience. Well, I don't, I don't know think. if they're down on. On losing my religion. Okay. At least I hope not. Mm-hmm. Well, this song came out at a point in my life where, you know, where there's, there's a lot going on, right? Um, there was obviously in the broader cultural context, there was, you know, the HIV AIDS epidemic that was in full force. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had my dad uh, coming out during this period and and my family splitting apart. And my dad loved REM. And this song was, um on, you know, on the radio and playing in the car and we had it on all the time and I, of course I also remember the video and MTV being on with my brother and watching that all the time and this song again I've talked about how I really get to feel through music and the song is all about just really getting angry yep. um, and sort of things falling apart and really getting angry and I've always had a hard time doing that myself and so it, I, I love that I could sort of channel that into this song.
1: That's so interesting you know I really learned in research this song for the first time that losing my religion is like a Southern sort of expression for getting angrier, becoming impatient or like losing your cool. I didn't realize that the whole entire, and I I realized he's losing his cool. It sounds like over like waiting for somebody to sort of fall in love with him or to get his attention or, or something to that effect. I always read it a a level deeper was that he was literally losing his religion and that he was like sort of culturally, um, Uh, All of these rules and these laws, uh, virtues of religion that he's struggling with because the person that he has a crush on is of, you know, the same gender that I actually read it, that this person that he's uh, like crushing on is gay and that him being in love with this person is going against the grain of what he was taught. yeah. So that's always the way that I... Kind of a little bit literal, but like, you know, that's always the sort of way I read into it. uh, Yeah, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, for sure. And actually what you were saying about uh, reaction from R.E.M. to the success of this song, it turns out Peter Buck said that, you know, anybody that became an R.E.M. fan as a result of the popularity of this this song can go fuck themselves. He said that. So yeah, I, I don't appreciate that. I don't like... I mean, it's really... Rough when artists sort of alienate their audiences I agree. that find them for whatever reason, and that, you know that, that's one of the... Michael Stipe. Just I want to really love him. I really love the whole monster phase that they went through. Me too. That, I what's love. What's the frequency, and blank. Kenneth? What's the frequency, Kenneth? I really Stand. and it was really. It, it was Stan from Monster. Was it? I can it? remember. Crush with the Eyeliner was from Monster. Oh. Uh, but I, the more commercial stuff always seems to be the stuff that they don't really want to embrace. And I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem... He doesn't seem like he's very comfortable with the whole being a, a celebrity and sort of... No, I don't know. I mean, now he's sort of a bit of a recluse. He's out of... The, right. They've broken up. You know, there was so as getting a little bit further into this, I I was reading that there was this huge rumor that was started that he was actually HIV positive. Yeah. And, you know, and he said something that I thought was really interesting and, and resonated with me about if you're you know if you're of a certain queer friendliness and you have a gaunt appearance about you like he was thin yep. you know um then people say all kinds of things like that and you know really stigmatizing of the disease first of all to exactly. accuse or, or create a rumor about it but also just that you know, wh- our culture, you and I have reacted to what we saw the, the, the victims of the AIDS crisis go through in terms of the way that we present ourselves visually. And you and I have facial hair now because we're, re, we're reacting to the reaction of, of yeah. whitewashing with youth and yeah. with muscularity and things like that. And I almost even think that my my weight and my size now at this point could be a sort of offspring of the 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 sort of mainstream gay thing I'm that happened.
0: Sure, it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> it was really like wow when I
0: when I heard him say that I was like wow that really that really caught to my core. Yeah. So anyway, REM. Yeah, yeah, an interesting choice. And you know, I think one thing you mentioned, like you know, it's hard to love some of these groups. I think that you know we're putting on we're putting on the tracks in this show that really speak to us and these experiences and where we have connections and nostalgia, but some of them are complicated. Totally. Totally. Well, I want to cut to uh, an artist that I am really loving
1: a lot lately. Great. Um, he's he's had a, enjoyed a lot of mainstream success recently. His second album, oh, I don't think it was his second album, but his most recent album, the original High, the second single from this album in two, uh, 2015, the name of the song is Another Lonely Night. Mm. Another night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just drop it afterwards. Just drop it's it. You don't even need a name, name. <laughs> Vic. This Vic. This is another one like the Alex Newell that I've been playing all the time recently, and I really thank you for bringing this to my attention because I think is this the same album as Ghost Town? Yeah, yeah. And so, what a good album! Ghost Town was the lead single, and I liked it a mm-hmm. lot, but I didn't really investigate the rest of the album. I sort of like that was promoted. I listened to it, and I never explored further. And this song has been such a, a delight. To bring into my life.
1: I just love that there's somebody out there that's like wearing eyeliner who yeah. is gay and who is like speaking, you know, I felt that this way about George Michael, but like, um, the way that Adam has gone into it from the, right from the get go being like open and outwardly gay, like dyeing his hair, taking all kinds of fashion risks and being unabashed and unapologetic about the whole thing and like writing songs about boys. And there's this, this beautiful video about um, it, it's really cool how it takes the sort of the idea of loneliness and, and, and mm-hmm. takes it into a, a city that's mobbed with people but how like all of these individual Vegas performers could be lonely yep. and there's a stripper you know when he's doing his thing but this sort of this dancey sad but dancey song this sort of that like, dissonance is my favorite ecstasy. thing yeah it's oh my like gosh. Robin's
0: total like yes. wheelhouse right loneliness in the city mm-hmm. sad with the fast track I mean the whole thing yeah it's sort of like sad in Vegas
1: and, yeah. and, and it's beautiful another thing I want to note about I'm this usually chat, sad in Vegas it's it's kind of a cra- the art the art the superficiality the artificiality mm. I talk a lot about this in, in a couple more of my uh, my selections but sort of oh, are
0: they pre-recorded well n-
1: no but I I've, I've planned them out they exist in my head Brendan and all I have to do is just click a finger and I'm delivering oh, them to you okay but the idea of um, the the path of excess leading to the tower of wisdom and mm. kind of bearing yourself up in all of this artifice you know the reason we put on drag the reason we put on eyeliner to sort of create a mask or an artifice for us to hide behind which actually makes it sometimes a little bit easier to reveal truths exactly you know what I mean absolutely Um, one thing I really love about this track is I feel like it I'm not positive but I feel like it has the same sort of chord progression as this song that I really loved from 1996 it was called One More Try by Christine W if you have a second when you go home check it out on YouTube Okay. dum 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 like that that's going on in the background it, it's like the same song and every time i hear this song by adam lambert i'm thinking of one more try oh, i love that it's about her going back like back home and back to another relationship uh-huh. so it's got another sort of sad yeah. like vibe behind it and i can't help but think if they were pulling inspiration from early '90s house in order to be able to formulate what this album is going to be, it that, like that might have been in there. She's a huge gay icon, Christine W.
0: And I so. haven't, I haven't listened to all of the original high yet, but I do think based on. I know I listened to Four Year Entertainment, which was, I think, his debut album. Yeah. And I don't know what's happened in between, but... Trespassing. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, <laughs> boom. Boom. Um, anyway, this feels this feels a little bit more evolved and mature, and it sounds like his sound is going to do a really nice really place. found a nice place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Do you have something along these lines, darling? Oh my that God, you along can, these
0: lines. Along well, these lines. I would love to shift gears and give it to the ladies. Oh, okay. I've got lots of ladies on here, and I haven't even... Uh, gotten to talk a lot about them yet. Um let's talk about we've referenced them before, but the the duo of all duos in lesbian folk music, <laughs> the indigo girls, and specifically the track is Love Will Come to You. On others' lives, I say love will come to you. Hoping just because Hoping I spoke, the, because words I spoke that the words of the truth, it's a miracle, but I and have risked all to you. But there's now one, there will be two. The harmonies on this song are just effortless yeah. and beautiful. It's a really sweet
1: song. It's a really sweet melody of like a wish or a prayer. Yeah.
0: Someone. I think it is a little bit of a wish or a prayer. It's like a, it's an interesting mix of there's a, there's a certain sadness to it. And then also a, a hopefulness at the same time. Yeah. Um, they're just a, an amazing combination, the way their voices complement each other. And this is from the rites of passage album. It was their fourth studio album. And this is, CD would be in my uh, three-disc stereo uh, changer. What was it? What were they called? The the, the rotator, the, the yeah, carousel. but just the but no, but I mean the whole little system. You had the little your mini stereo system. Well, I, no, but with the changer anyway. Bro, who cares? Know. You know, with the two speakers on the side and the unit in the middle, and you had them in your bedroom. Mm-hmm.
1: A little stereo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, entertainment center. Yeah,
0: I would wear out the rites of passage CD though. As a kid, I just loved every track from Galileo to joking to Jonas and Ezekiel. There was just I love the whole thing. All of these things that you're saying to me, they're like magical spells and I have no idea. Completely. I know. It's totally random. But this is what happens when you grow up in a house with lesbian folk music. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Well, I
1: feel like I have a lot of gay friends, like gay male friends who have... Highly influenced by a lot of lesbian folk music. yeah. And like there's, there's like a, a specific taste for it. And I, I don't know if I ever found it. I mean, be, I've been introduced to a lot of it via you, but I, but I, I just never knew like I wasn't speaking that language.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I would have automatically gotten there if it wasn't sort of just in my you know, uh, in my world environment. Yeah. In my environment. Um, and I got to go to so many different concerts and see different, uh, different bands and, and, and singers perform. So the other thing that's really interesting about Indigo girls is, uh, just the fact that at a time in the late eighties, they were able to really achieve some mainstream success as these two, not commercially, you know, beautiful, Lesbians out lesbians it was a really a huge moment that it doesn't really uh, get the notice that maybe it deserves I feel like it crusted and then people sort of forgot about them but uh but they've been killing it for decades yeah well I would
1: argue that it's probably has to do with the quality
0: of their the, their
1: songwriting is so wonderful I mean I'm I'm looking at these metaphors one of the words that she, she says offering up paper tigers against the predator of pain inside her oh. like that's just beautiful and then also also, they're they're speaking about handing up a crystal ball to look through, and I I can't help but wonder if that's one of the special lines that Pink remembered know. when she enlisted them, and also that you know that song "Crystal Ball" that she later came out with, yes. like herself by that lyric. Yes, you yes, know, it's like yeah. so
0: there. It's, it's stuck, whatever the, whatever the recipe was. And what's so perfect about this, the composition of this song in particular, it's one of those where I've heard it performed and uh, covered by a bunch of different singers together. And it's like, as long as the singers are, you know, talented good singers I've, I've heard so many beautiful combinations because i think the melody and the harmonies of this song just work so beautifully together it's just i think it's a gift to singers yeah i wish i could sing it well
1: you need to make me a a really like the best of the best indigo girls mix cd kind of like the one i did of you for for prince okay so that i can get up to speed okay because i need to i need to hit the ground running with that
0: all right I can make that happen. Um,
1: I'd like to talk about another famous lesbian chick friend that we have. Let's do it. Flawless. She's the former lead singer of the band The Gossip. Um, she came out with an EP, the Beth Ditto EP Hello. from 2011. The lead single from that EP, the song that I love, is called I Wrote the Book.
0: Hi! Hey. I've loved this song since the second it came out. Oh my God. God. She wrote the... Ugh.
1: Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And you can't help believe it. I mean, like, with her oh standing in the wave of control and, you know, listen up. And all of these, you know, these gossip songs about rage and her screaming, stamping, sweating, barefoot across the stage. Yeah. And just spitting bile onto the audience. Literally. You know what I mean? Literally and figuratively. Yeah, totally. Um, And then to see her switch and go into house music. So it was produced by Simeon Mobile Disco. Um. I, they worked together, they collaborated in 2010 on the song called Cruel Intentions, and I guess they decided to produce her EP. I, I'm really upset that this didn't manifest into a longer, like, more extensive album treatment, because I, agree. I really love the feel, the dark feel. There's a song on this EP called Do You Need Someone? And it's like musical heaven to me, that like deeply retro electro disco feel to it. Haunting. Again, haunting. There we are with haunting. Um, so the, the video of this also is a triumph. It's like a plus size justify my love. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. it's a reshoot of like several Madonna works. Erotica's in there a little bit. She's got the dancers, the voguing. And she, she references Madonna it. quite a
0: lot in general.
1: I, I'm, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I think Madonna would be so
0: proud to oh, be
1: over the moon that completely. somebody is, you know, is following in her image in this way.
0: This song in particular is also one of those where no matter what I'm doing, if I need to cut my mood, if I need to shift gears in the mm-hmm. moment, if I'm feeling just not great, annoyed, whatever, I, this is one of those tracks I can put on and immediately it takes me to a to a groove and a place where my my whole day changes and turns it gets around. You working, it does. One of
1: my one of my drag daughters, Contessa Yolanda Velvet, actually did this <laughs> as a number. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know how much of that name I had. Maybe the. Con- Tessa part. I can't yeah. remember. But anyway, I'm very extremely proud of her. Western Massachusetts, Diva Darling. Um and she did this as an as a number. And she's always she's also the queen that did um didn't mean to turn you on before oh, I could get to it like amazing. she's always a step ahead of me but with these perfect Did she do
0: the original or the Mariah cover? She did the Mariah cover. Oh,
1: okay. Right. Well like that would have yeah. been an amazing like that would have been like the Be all and doll number yeah. for me. Yeah. So she's always a step ahead and I'm really proud of her for doing a number to this to this song pulling it out for the kids who might not have known Beth Ditto EP like do it up big time. So what's so next for me, Brandon? Go, Oh go. my
0: God. So I want to talk about another lady. We're going to stick with the L word. Okay. This time we're going to shift gears to Dusty Springfield. The On the other side of the water. On the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and the classic, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me.
1: God, I had never heard this song. I had, believe it or not, I had never heard this song. My mouth is on the floor. kicked it to me. No, everybody had always talked about Dusty Springfield and always turned into somebody that I knew I should know. And I would look at pictures and I would try. The only experience I have with her is Son of a Preacher Man.
0: Wow. Yeah, so yeah. tell me tell me about, like, why you chose this. Well, I mean, I, I chose this because Dusty's played a huge... Uh, part of my life just as far as uh, uh, the, in the soundtrack of my life she's been very present and in fact what's great is my brother was super obsessed with Dusty as well and he would create really fun mixtapes when he was in high school and he had one that I loved that was called um it was called Busty Dusta <laughs> <laughs> and it was um side A of the tape were, were a few select key Dusty Springfield songs and then side B were some really great Busta Rhymes tracks. (laughs) Oh my god. I did not expect you to say that. I did not expect you to say that! That's fun! And that was one of our favorite tapes to listen to in the car. <laughs> that's great. And we would drive around town listening Busty to this mixtape, Busty so Dust Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Um, Did you know that this was based on an Italian
0: song? I, yes. I mean, not when I was a kid. Yeah. But, I, but yeah, I do now. Yeah. kind of yeah. made my head explode a little bit. Well, and the story of it's really cool because yeah. she was, yeah, she was right. She was watching the performance of this song and didn't even know what the words meant, but was moved to tears just by the melody and the music. I believe that. Which, you know. It happens. Well, that's why we're here, right? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, anyway, her life story is real tragic. I mean, it's full of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting, as we're talking about pride and LGBTQ realness, and, you know, she wasn't always proud, and she really struggled with how to be herself and also be a celebrity, um, yeah. and the pressure of all of that. I heard a lot of
1: dancing around the subject and creative answers to things. It reminded me a little bit of the way that like Boy George would deal with some of, you know, like some of the questions and stuff like that. Like, you know, trying to make excuses and things like that. And yeah. But also another scenario where like living through an alter ego or personality, her name, I didn't realize this. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Just you know, just a few extra ones there on the end, but you know, like creating a character for yourself to to, to speak your truth. You know, but that also ultimately got a little bit away from her,
0: yeah,, right? and then when you read about the episodes of violence and the substance abuse, i mean this is this is a little bit of a tortured soul, and unfortunately, I think when you do live outside of any kind of binary, whether it's sexuality or gender expression or whatever it is, whatever queerness we're talking about here, some people can really thrive and flourish, and I think other people have a really tough time yeah and um it's about identity yeah and
1: figuring out where you belong
0: yeah and when you feel like you don't belong and 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 you can't you can't get out of this the spiral the downward spiral of of needing to retreat and, and you're looking for those uh those ways to numb out escapes, those escapes. Totally. Um, it can, it can lead to just some destructive behavior that when you look at someone who's such an amazing, rich talent, uh, it becomes quite tragic. Well, we're so lucky to have the music, we're so I lucky mean, to have the music. You
1: know, what I was thinking when I heard this track is it reminded me of I, I, you're gonna, you're gonna think I'm crazy and silly, but it reminded me of Hopelessly Devoted to You and There Are Worst Things I Could Do from Greece. Yeah. You know, kind of pulling from that that era they must have been when they were creating that musical. They must have been listening to this record when they, when they composed that musical.
0: Probably. You know? Yeah. But among it's others. Very it's much of the count, era for sure. Others. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I couldn't keep thinking, even though I don't, I don't think she wrote the lyric, the English lyrics. I don't, is it a direct translation? Did you look that up? Um, yeah. Well. Okay. So the Italian song was uh, "I Who Can't Live Without You." Okay. I guess that's what the Italian. So it's probably similar. But I just you know uh, it doesn't matter whether she wrote it or not. She sang it many, 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 many times. And I also, as we learned more of her story. Um, you know, over the years. And as you look back, like I just, you know, I have to wonder as she's performing this song, what's going on in her personal life and who is she singing this to? And Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. She had that iconic
1: gigantic wig on and those dramatic arm gestures that would go into the drag, you
0: know, hall of fame. Yeah. You know, she really
1: like emoted the, the crap out of this song
0: and I can't help but also think about someone like the success of Adele today and exactly. it very much reminds me when she me of sings Dusty. Believe Me yeah. Believe Me it sounds like Adele yeah. I'm like
1: holy crap Adele yeah. took that and uploaded it into her completely 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 oh my
0: god let's say completely again <laughs>
1: <laughs> well complete me with a new track oh my goodness well since we were talking about Boy George I there is a Boy George ballad I want to talk to you about it's probably not one of his most famous ones but it's Something that means a lot to me um, It's from his 1995 album Cheapness and Beauty The name of the song is If I Could Fly And oh, If I could fly I said oh If I could fly hey, Don't you know
0: that If I could fly I'd take to the sky This song is so beautiful.
1: I love this song. It's my dream to create a dance or a piece or something to this song, I have to say.
0: I don't know that I've heard a Boy George song where his voice sounds this amazing.
1: He sounds so beautiful. Um He sounds, uh, he delivers a ballad. I don't think that people really get about him the way that he delivers a ballad. And I think that it's his status as an LGBT person, the soul of having gone through challenge and hardship that really drives home the, um, I don't know, the the emotion and the uh the can the candidness. Is that a,
0: a good word? Yeah. Uh, no, I look I, I think it's amazing how brave he was at the time he was doing his thing to be out there and to and to be himself. And so I think that, that that occurs you know in fashion and in his look and also in his you know choices for what the music he's putting out, yeah, well,
1: this is a haunting track. I mean, I'm in love with the orchestration. we've got strings here, you know how I am about the strings as soon yes. as the string comes, it becomes it becomes a movie for me um. I also think about the way that he has painted himself with all the makeup. And again, we're talking about putting on costumes. We're talking about creating yourself and creating this veneer of excess in order to be able to get down to the real thing. And he says something, um, when I was young, they poisoned my mind. They told me to fight, but I'm not that kind. He mm. always is aware. I guess he had a really tumultuous relationship with a band member from Culture Club that he was, that he was with. He always admits to being difficult and a lot of us can be difficult. A lot A A lot of us have a lot of baggage that spills over. I mean, velvet rage, honey, it goes without saying exactly (laughs) the velvet rage, the, the overcompensation, the need to, you know, the, the search for love and identity and, and fitting in at least from our experience in the world that we grew up in, you know, and going back in time, it's get,
0: it is getting a little bit better. Um, but like the idea that, you you, know, people are always, sorry to cut you off. No, people are always going to feel like an outsider in some respect. That's not going to, I mean, I think it'll change about the the rhyme or reason why, but one of the hard parts of being human is having to, I think, traverse some of those uh, difficulties.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think that um he dealt with it with putting an armor on himself with mm-hmm. painting his face with 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 like you know he looked like a samurai rastafarian you know like drag queen warrior right. you know and 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 answered with with cunty phrases and you know sarcasm when asked about his sexuality or to you know to justify himself and explain himself so he got he got the the he gave the impression of being hard as nails and being really tough and really strong but in this song you can hear how he's a really tender person and can be very deeply hurt you know and he's imagining if i could fly you know um I I would take to the sky. I would I would just float above all of this and just, you know, escape it and just, I don't know, I could just I really feel the sentiment of that. It's just so captivating and beautiful to me this track.
0: It is beautiful. You know, I actually when I first heard it, I had the um I had a, a Spotify list on shuffle mm-hmm. and I wasn't paying attention to what was coming next. I almost thought this was share. Oh, really? <laughs> for, a, well, yeah, for, for two seconds. Well, yeah, they do have a seconds. little bit of that sort of like in the back of the yeah. throat type of resonance. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is Boy George. This is just stunning. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, he wasn't even really on my radar and I really didn't understand or appreciate him until I was much older. Did you he see was, Taboo? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I, I've done a number to one of the songs. Have you? um Yeah, but um I've never actually seen it. But yeah. I I thought that was great that Rosie O'Donnell, you know, gave it her all to try to make the, you know, the... Um, the legend of that club and Lee Bowery and the whole thing that happened spring to life. Absolutely. You know, uh, really super ambitious.
0: Unfortunately, it wasn't as well received as it could have been. But but I think she probably connects a lot to that kind of pain and the mask that you have to put on. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh, I'm,
1: I'm just, I can't say enough. I yeah. can't say enough about Boy George. Yeah. So who else do you got for me, Brendan? You know,
0: you look at boy George who's painting a mask on his face. I want to talk about a queen who's been beating her mug yes. and painting her face. And I want to talk about Alaska Thunderfuck. Yes! And your makeup is terrible. <laughs> Are you ready? 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 Your makeup is terrible. Your makeup is
1: terrible Your makeup is terrible Your makeup is terrible But I love you anyway Oh my god,
0: Brandon! Oh my gosh, lead <laughs> single off his album, Anus. Anus.
1: <laughs> I couldn't even look at this at work. I couldn't do the research at work because of all of the four-letter words flying around everywhere. Right. Well, it's probably so good not to you. be doing
0: the research at work. I... <laughs> Let's be real. I do all the research at work. Um, anyway, go ahead with Anus. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's funny. I actually was listening to an interview with Alaska recently, and he was saying that, you know, he 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 titled it Anus because, you know, he went on this whole, you know, spiel about how it was because Anus is about the end or something or the point. And it was all about the chakras. And the album was a journey through the chakras and that, that the anus is the root. And so... <laughs>
1: Genius. it was amazing it was really it's so, amazing i have to say one of the things that i love about alaska is is that she's so beautiful but she's it, it works so well because she's not afraid to look completely fucking ridiculous oh and it brings such like it brings such poignance to all the points that she's trying
0: clearly to make. clearly clearly there is such a brain there she's so um, yeah she's super so smart genius and sarcastic and irre- irreverent and, and so this track in particular is great because yeah. it just like slams you in the face. You know, the voice is not
1: excellent, right? That's yeah. what's
0: funny about the albums. Um, the voice is not great. Um, but the song is just, you know, uh, this, this this earworm where you just, you can't get it out of your head. Yeah. And it's like almost torturous. Yeah. Like I've played this song for people and they hate me afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember it. You remember and you it. you can't oh get it out God. of your head. And the video, the video's crazy. crazy.
1: Crazy! Did she stab herself in the eye during the process of shooting this video? I don't know. If you look at it, I feel like there are scenes where toward the end, I don't know if it's what she's messing with her nails and she got poked in the eye or something like that or having a wig malfunction or something to that effect. But I feel like it looks like she got poked in the eye and she's like bleeding from oh, one of her eyes. Wow. I, it would have been renegade and completely yeah. gangsta and like punk rock to continue. And I'm sure that she
0: probably She probably, she probably did. did. Um, but, I also love that, you know, we've talked so much about RuPaul, not a ton about Drag Race, but mm-hmm. Drag Race has just done... I think, amazing things. I know some people are probably a little bit annoyed by the commercialization and maybe co-opting certain things and whatever, but yeah. at the end of the day, I, as, as, a, as a boy who loved drag, who's now, you know, an adult, I just love that it's more present than ever, and there's more channels and avenues for people to be able to experience what drag is, and of all of the people on the show, there's different ones I like for different reasons, but I have a real thing for alaska i think yeah. that Alaska's really really she gets awesome. it right
1: she gets it right. she's sort of like rupaul's evil twin sister yeah you know what i mean and it's really interesting that you're talking about that because rupaul really had to undergo a real huge image glamazon makeover in order to be able to make uh, in order to be able to sell in order to be able to be recognized and be able to be bankable mainstream right, right? but the cool thing is that she's come back she's come back for us at the tail end of it because now even after the first the first season of RuPaul we got some relatively digestible drag queens sort of introducing the masses who you know gently need to be introduced that don't that you know don't know what time it is but now we've got people coming out like Bob the Drag Queen it's all meta you know (laughs) what I mean
0: recent winner
1: comedians you know uh, and just completely gender fuck and like oh yeah and Ruse talked about that
0: quite a bit about how this has so all been very purposeful to yeah. start with the sort of uh, icons that people could understand. She's educating. And, She's yeah. teaching. And every season tries to bring in a new dimension, another layer. I mean, I think what'll be really interesting, folks have talked about this, is what happens um, at a certain moment where they may have a you know a, a non-cisgendered male on the show. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean about what drag is? If they all of a sudden have a cisgendered woman or a, or a trans person who's not kind of um who hasn't become trans through the drag world but maybe is has was trans and then discovered drag you know what i yeah. mean a different Well you know
1: it, it her message is all about not taking yourself so seriously exactly. and about blurring the lines and you know i thought it was interesting the way that they reacted to Alaska on the show when there was the country challenge and Alaska came out in sort of like a, a male presentation in the argument yeah. of whether or not that was drag and or appropriate and there was some backlash about it and you know I just thought heck I loved the heck when he did that I thought it was I flawless I thought it was great I thought it was flawless it wasn't my favorite look no
0: totally but, but it was it, such it, a it great idea and it, and
1: it was drag it was commenting and uh, on you know on the ridiculousness of our gender binary and our society and just you know not taking itself seriously I live and breathe for her thank Thank you, thank you for giving us an excuse to talk about yeah. Alaska Thunderfuck on his
0: fucking show. amazing. Which yes. I, I think I've heard recently that maybe the Thunderfuck is gone. Is gone. It, I don't know. You know, if it's true as somebody with a questionable
1: last name, I can relate
0: <laughs> to the need to sort of you know pare things down a little bit. <laughs> all right, Vic, what's next? <laughs> Vicky with no name. <laughs> um, Vicky, no last name. Goodness me.
1: Okay, this next track that I want to talk about, really quick and really, you know, fun and easy, is from someone that we love, someone that we were introduced to via, once again, the beautiful, gorgeous Miss Mariah Carey. And that is B Scott. This is B Scott's single, Kiss Kiss. <laughs> Another, do you love it? I mean, I can't get enough of this song. This is another early '90s house-inspired track, one of just a few that that B. Scott came out with. Um, B. Scott, I guess, identifies as a gender non-conforming androsexual. And to be honest with you, I kind of like with the, the pronouns with her and him. I kind of have been referring to him as him, like in his radio interviews, but his video presence has turned into she. And I don't know. I don't know. I is there anything on the record
0: about what? B prefers
1: I well you know there was a huge drama in 2013 with the whole BET awards thing right. and about how you know they were they're kind of making her butch it up and yeah you know and this is so weird why do you have beyond why do you have B Scott at like how are you so tone deaf that you don't know who the heck you're bringing on your show you know what you're gonna get with a B Scott production and it's gonna yeah. be flawless and glamorous and it's gonna be like androgynous and androgynous. everything yeah. totally totally so why in, don't we just call the B, B B Scott so B B he she B he bee. she B anyway I should start I, going. I bee. love this video and I have to say, not only do I love the track, um, I love the way that we were introduced to um, to B Scott in doing the interview with Mariah around the memoirs of a, an imperfect angel. It was a, it's an incredible interview. Had to watch. the wonderful way of showing the world what we already know about her, which is that she's she's wonderful, she's hilarious, she's she's got a whole depth to her. Um, and just really yeah it just really humanized her in that yeah. way and then simultaneously fell in love with her but this this song this video is such a freaking payoff and I'll tell you why <laughs> we were talking about like video boyfriends the yeah. guy in this video is so freaking delicious who is I, I, I don't know what his name is okay. god bless him but the, it's very like high contrast black and white spinning around spinning around and it's all leading up to this gorgeous climax where the two of them are laying together sort of on you know like in these white sheets and it climaxes with a kiss and it's so hot and so sensual the build for it uh musically it's one of those things where the beat drops out of it and builds and builds and builds and And then all of a sudden it explodes Uh and explodes at that moment where they where they do kiss and for me as a person who grew up always being called a sissy and a fairy and a faggot and all of this you know um as someone who is effeminate or I don't know if I'm effeminate. I don't know what the hell I am. I'm a drag queen. I'm a bear go-go dancer, but um there, there's such a, um there, that you grow up with a certain amount of internalized homophobia and internalized misogyny. And the idea that she would be able to get a guy like this of such a, of such a, um, a typical male masculinity, you know, um, in such a pure, wonderful, loving way that they're embracing in a kiss like this. And there's nothing sleazy about it. This is not the old guy in Boston that was trying to slip dollars, dollar bills in some, you know, uh, my, um, my underwear at, at a drag club. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, this is not shameful or secretive. It's just a wonderful Gorgeous, hot exchange between like a dude and like the non-conforming androsexual that he is attracted to. And that is fucking hot. That's awesome. Hot. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Preach. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, Lord. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Do you want to take us somewhere else? Oh my gosh. What could we do next? So when we talk about, you know, drag queens and and gender nonconformity. I, I think a lot about what does this mean as we're grabbing from other cultures and borrowing different kinds of identity. And I want to talk about this song because I think it's a lot of fun, but it's also maybe a little bit uh difficult for some people to appreciate. I don't know, I want to talk about it. Yeah. So let's have a quick kiki about let's have a kiki. <laughs>
1: let's have a kiki. I want to have a
0: have kiki die turn work let's have a
1: kiki we are gonna serve and work and turn and honey give
0: it to me all oh, right so the one yeah. and only scissor sisters <laughs> and um the very sexy jake shears yeah um right who really that whole group got their thing going in you know downtown in the new york scene and uh achieved quite a bit of Success, which is amazing. It's an amazing story. Several
1: albums back to back. Oh yeah, and
0: smashes. So this was off of I think Magic Hour, right? Magic Hour third single, twenty twelve. Yeah, I mean this I think took everyone by surprise. Yeah, (laughs) and the uh, the the way the that the video sort of dropped and the and the promotional tour they did for it, um, it just sort of smacked everyone in the face with some you know uh, instructional. There's an instructional video. They had the crotch featuring outfits on. <laughs> um, at least Jake did. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Animatronic's amazing phone call voice message in the beginning, which has inspired all sorts of covers and interesting <laughs> parodies. And parodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know. I thought it was fabulous. But it it also is, you know, a group of kind of white, punk, queer people sort of taking what's been uh language that I think really came about from other parts of the you know like LGBT and african-american community especially mm-hmm. and i don't know what are your thoughts about it i don't know there's a lot of anger about
1: co-opting culture and yeah. things like that and it's really tough again we have to sort of like we have to check ourselves and who we are as you know as whites as gendered males and things like that but I is that also, like our
0: footnote we put on every
1: episode well, i think you know you
0: just have to
1: you just have to but and it's, it's a little bit that's a little bit tiresome to me i feel like culture yeah. is culture and i feel like if you enjoy something about a culture something speaks to you you know like if somebody asked me i remember I remember when Madonna was was going through her ray of light phase and somebody was interviewing her and and she was pulling from Buddhism and she was pulling from Catholicism and she was pulling from Hinduism and the interviewer was like – You think you can just pick and choose, like you can just pick and choose what religion you want to follow, or like what you know, what rules and this. And she was like, "That's exactly what I think." Yeah, you can you can pull. I think you know RuPaul talks about coloring with all the crayons and the crayon box. Yeah, I think it's cool to be able to to celebrate and to have a good time and to and to pull all of the all of the cultures
0: together. I, and that's the way I look at it. I think you're right. Well, look, I mean, this is going to sound a little cheesy, right? But like the whole, the whole symbol for this community of different people is a rainbow. And it's that for a reason. It's supposed to be inclusive and welcoming. And I think, you know, the, fu- the it always gets to this thing around context. The fine line is, what is the intention and spirit of the work? And so if like for this song, there's nothing... Um, slanderous about the way they're using this language they're not poking fun at the people who talk about those things they're not making light of it like I think they're really celebrating and and sort of taking on this language as a way to you know have fun and and share their their music and um, it seems very uh, in very much in honor of or celebrating the history it's come from it doesn't seem dismissive
1: yeah well I, I it, it's same thing with Rupaul and Rupaul's drag racer you're just talking exactly. two seconds ago about introducing the the greater the larger culture the you know uh, the mass of people to drag into what that is and why does
0: it have to be exclusive right it doesn't like I love now that you'll have a random you know uh, heteronormative maybe a a yuppie friend or something who says they want to kiki with you about something I think that's hilarious and yeah.
1: great yeah <laughs> I think it's wonderful well, and it's a little badge of your culture sort of integrating into into the yeah. mainstream and. Yeah. To, to have a word that you enjoyed you know take off and and you know you're making fetch happen right. and it's happening <laughs> you know I love them I think that this is so silly and so fun um, I I also didn't realize that they all had their own little like rock star names their little alter egos oh yeah so we're again and we're coming up against a, like alter putting on an alter ego to like get down and have that's a good time that's so core to the
0: queer experience I guess so yeah, yeah. we love our costumes don't we well I- I mean, I do. Yeah, I love costumes. I love having superpowers. Yeah, um, and they
1: kind of are a little bit superheroy too, with all the spandex, animatronic.
0: You yeah, know, yeah. that is very superheroy, isn't it? Well, I think it's that's that's the play with identity. Yeah. I think once you decide that you're going to own who you are, and it's not going to be by the book or by the rules, then a whole world, a universe yeah. opens up to where you can do
1: anything. Why don't you become larger than life? Then? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you get to make the roles. Wow, that is such a blast. Well, you know, I think one of the dudes who started it all, aside from David Bowie, but a, a huge pioneer of putting on the costumes and becoming a, a huge superhero for the gay community was Elton John, right? Absolutely. There's a song. So recently he came out with a, an album called The Diving Board back in 2013, and he comes out with this amazingly beautiful song um, I want to share with everybody. It's called Home Again.
0: If I could go back home, if I could go back home
1: If i never
0: left, I'd never have known We ought to leave my believing, but wind up in the end Spending all our time, trying to get back home Oh, of course i did this was really really special it was really beautiful and yeah. it's, it was it was a good reminder of just how great elton is yeah, yeah. Well, another thing that I learned about
1: Elton John is that for most of his career since 1969, he's been working with this guy, Bernie Tobin. Tobin. Yeah. yeah uh, you I didn't, didn't know realize, that? No, I didn't. I didn't realize that there was a sort of symbiosis going oh, on. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, Bernie has worked with artists like Rod Stewart, Alice Cooper, Richie Sambora, Melissa Manchester, Starship. Yep. But he's got this knack for creating these simple but poignant poems. They're really sort of everyman poems. And then the talent of... Elton John turning them into these Masterpieces uh, Masterpiece songs yeah. yeah And this song is no different It really does feel like a return To the old days for him The types of songs that we used to get from him mm-hmm. And it's wonderful to hear him After all these years You know with all, After all the crazy feathers And sequins And glasses And hats And you know And all that madness Him reflecting back You know And I love the message of this song It's about returning home It's a really touching idea That as much as we dream And struggle to break Break away from the sort of the structure that reared us that at the end of the day, our lives, you know, as far as we can get from it, our lives become about finding that pathway back.
0: Finding your way home. Yeah. That's yeah. what the whole journey
1: is all about. Totally. Totally. and I don't know. I just, especially now in this, in this phase of our lives that we're going through, we're really blasting off in our careers and detaching and trying to make a name for ourselves and produce, you know, pursuing independence. Um, I still always have this sort of like, I'm looking out the bus window and, and nostalgic for the way that things were. You know what I mean, and and you know, and life things happen. You know, people get divorced, people pass away. You sell a house, you move to a different. You know, and then the idea of this sort of intangible home becomes something that's like it's in the ether. It is in the ether. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I don't know. I was very sentimental. Have you guessed? I I love it though, and I think that we have to. You know, this is such a great a great song to celebrate for exactly all the reasons you're talking about in, in its meaning and also for Elton John's bravery. You know, he's not a um he's not a one-dimensional artist. He has certainly received a lot of critiques over the years, ups and downs for different things, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that we have to celebrate these people who have uh, championed um, their artistry and mm. and just really championed the pride of being who they are and being themselves. And what a perfect example of that. You know, uh,
1: uh, thinking about what you were saying about some of the people that he's championed along the way, I think about when he worked with artists like Axel Rose, or we worked with artists like m who both of those both of those artists were criticized heavily for being viewed as homophobic some of the mm-hmm. things that they said have been homophobic but I'd say it takes a really big man to be able to look somebody in the eye like that knowing that that might be where they're coming from and try to understand them and try to reach them and especially via music you know what I'm saying I, I, that's that's incredible they had to respect the power of their artistry and let yeah. that be a point of connection and and actually lift them up and and support them yeah holy that's that's gangsta that's my word of the week girl is gangsta but that is really badass yeah
0: yeah wow <laughs> well well I think, you know, I kind of think this is the perfect place to close on because I feel like this whole episode has been about a, a coming home for us. This has been so much fun sort yeah. of returning to these these topics we
1: love. Well, Pride, you know, everybody winds up back in New York on the rooftop for Pride. Yeah. We're their best friends all over again, you know, doing it just like we do every single year, like
0: celebrating, celebrating. <laughs> they, they say, home is where the heart is and we're going to say, home is the roof with the rosé. <laughs> <laughs> It's been another great one. It's another great one. Happy Pride. Enjoy. Love See you. Soon.
1: Mwah. Bye. Bye. If you like our show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are hot. And if you really like our show, we'd love a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter at Back on Track Show, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and all of your favorite ways of time. <laughs> we love to hear
0: from you. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and check out all of our makes playlists. And if you're outraged that your favorite track didn't make the list, visit us at www.backontrackshow.com and let us have it. You know, we'll tell you what we think, honey. All right, we're done.
1: Peace.